You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I'm your host, Tim Farley, and across the screen from me is my brown brother! Sid Shuram, what it do? And I'll be honest, I cut it a little close on the intro this time. So, like, I pointed at you, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> for, for a minute, but it worked, I guess. It worked. Uh, welcome. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sid and I both want to say Happy New Year. Yes. We hope you had a Merry Christmas or a Happy Hanukkah or... Whatever you celebrate, I think Kwanzaa too. Kwanzaa, yeah. There's no Boxing Day. I've heard of what is Boxing Day? I don't know that. That's a Canadian day that's kind of in the middle of Christmas and Black Friday. I think I don't know. Uh, You know who else is Canadian? The guy on your shirt. No. That's right. I got this sweet new dig from uh, Siddharth. Yeah, I got this right here. Christmas gifts. Yeah, I got this from Timothy. It's uh, my I think I don't I want to say right now my new favorite wrestler since Kenny is out, but I would say Shibata is definitely like probably my favorite wrestler right now. Him or it's a toss up between him and Danielson. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because we always talk about AEW and both of us. Went with non AEW wrestlers. Well, Shibata wasn't at the time. Yeah, okay. and then he became, and then and then we got the the all elite graphic. But that's cool. And well, speaking of AEW, I gifted this to myself. So if y'all see back there, um, I have a couple of belts. I have the IWGP US title uh, and the uh, undisputed WWE Heavyweight Championship. Um, I added. An, I also have the regular wwe title in my bedroom over there um this i got as well this is the aew international title uh i gotta say i, I think this Lift it up a little bit higher yeah there you go here i'll, I'll, uh, I'll do this i'll do this hold on there you go so that's upside down sid oh jesus ah fuck all right there we go Yep. Nice. Yeah, it's... That is a nice Yes, and this was, of course, previously known as the All-Atlantic Championship held by Pac, Orange Cassidy, John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, Orange Cassidy again. So, that's cool. But I, I do like this title a lot. I think this has got to be, be, like, my favorite... One of my favorite belts of all time. And I think I might... I'm gonna say I kind of like this one a little bit more than the like AEW World Heavyweight Title, just because of the little splash of color right there in the middle. I think it just looks really nice. And by the way, one interesting detail: if you look at the side plates on both of them, I don't know how clearly you can see it, but that's actually Kenny Omega doing the One Winged Angel, which is interesting because Kenny Omega was never the uh, an international champion. But it's okay. It's cool. It's a cool bit of detail. And I like it. Um, yeah, I, I got this from a belt maker called 360 Belts. They are uh, actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. If you guys are looking to get a belt, I would go for some of the guys who are like out in Pakistan. Because they definitely do it like a lot cheaper. Like for example, the AEW world title on AEW shop is like $800. 
I am telling you, like a belt maker from freaking Pakistan, he will, he or she, I don't know, usually it's guys, but he will fucking do it for like $200. So like a fraction of the price. So there you go, you know. That's that's wild. It is wild, but yeah, yeah. I uh, I've never gotten into belt collecting, but a client of mine got the winged eagle belt, and uh, I started. I was like, ah, I think I want that, <laughs> and I told him I was I was gonna pin him that evening and take it home, but you know how that goes right Um, but let's see yeah it is the new year and so we've been gone for a while yeah we have and um we said we were gonna do things that we didn't do so whatever uh we got lives we're busy and shit but we decided we were going to cover aw world's end because of one reason really um and we'll get to that later i i I don't want to spoil it yeah yeah um but this past weekend had a lot of wrestling on the independent circuit you had gcw and jcw running shows you had the iwtv wrestle with beyond and uh other promotions and um over in the east there was an all japan big show and stardom one their last queendom show of the year and we said we were going to cover that we're going to gloss over it we're going to talk about some stuff we're going to talk about some of the all japan stuff and we're going to get the world's end but we're also going to end this we're going to end this show with what sid and i both want to see from wherever in the wrestling world uh this year this coming year and uh expect a lot of aw and roh talk because you know we talk we watch that those products the most and Um, i'll be honest i'll be honest for me a little bit of stuff from the fed i'm just gonna put that out there it's a couple of things from the fed i'm here yeah uh so this past weekend i watched all of the stardom show which I had to break up into pieces, of course, because it's a Japanese show and it's like four to six hours long. And I just both of them. Were. I don't have that in me. Yeah, uh, I, I broke up all Japan as well. Um, so let's see here. Um, I thought the stardom show was a really strong outing to top off a really rocky year for the promotion after the five-star grand prix uh you had a lot of top stars uh out uh due to injury natsupoi's out tam had to vacate the titles um mercedes was out and yeah and uh some other people um But Stardom did a really good job of building up people pretty quickly and fitting people in pretty nicely. Um, I'd say the first match that stood out to me was the eight-woman tag between Stars and Oedo Tai. And uh, the stars of this match were the returning Mayu Iwatoni, 
and Fukigen death of Ewedo Tai, who I have to see. I hope New Japan and Stardom do another historic crossover because I need to see interactions between her and Toru Yano. Um, the way she got the ref involved in the match was very fun. Um, let's see. Uh, the three-woman tag match of May Sira, Mina Shikara, uh, and Siri against Takanishi, Yu, and Azumi. Even though Mina Shirakawa and Siri are leaders of of two different factions. This match made me want them as a tag team very much. Mina gave Siri like the room to be a little bit lighter and goofier, and Siri's presence made Mina more vicious and more brutal. And I felt that their chemistry was really good, and I immediately want to see them face Aphrodite for the tag team titles. Um LOL, Nane Takanishi wins, but uh, it was a good showing. Um, Megan Bain versus Julia was pretty good. I've been, I was a Megan Bain fan back in her Beyond days, and so far her stardom run has been pretty strong. Uh, this was for the New Japan Strong Women's Championship, and she brought it to Julia. I honest, and a lot of us, I think, thought that Megan might have, would have won, because there's been so many rumors about Julia's future and where she's going to go. Um, but the title is still on Julia. Um, the two main events, well, the tag match, the for the tag titles, I. I watched the end of it. I I skipped around. Uh, because I'm not really into Momo and Natsuko Toro, even though Toro's, uh, entrance gear reminded me of Vader back in the day in Japan. I was just kind of like, at that point I was pro wrestling doubt and I was just like, I'm sure it was good, you know, um, but the first two matches I actually watched from this show were the two main events because Stardom's um, feed, streaming feed, cut out. So they immediately uploaded them to their YouTube channel, which I thought was a very class move for the promotion. Yeah. Um, because you had people paying. If you're not familiar, there is a streaming service called Stardom World. But with these Queendom shows, with their pay-per-views, you even if you're a Stardom World member, you still have to pay for the pay-per-view. So I imagine a good chunk of people bought this pay-per-view and they immediately were like, here, watch it, good. And uh, they haven't taken it down. Um, that's that's for what's the, up, for the, That's um, what's up. Yeah. For the secondary title, which is the white belt, I believe, um, we had Mirai of God's Eye putting up the title against Sayori Anau. Mm-hmm. And um, I know Sid watched both of these matches. Yeah. Um, I watched these the day they came out, so my memory might not be as good as yours. But 
I was very, very out of the two main events. They were kind of neck and neck for me, but I like this one a tad bit more because I, I agree. I think there was more pacing in this match. Yep, and yeah, there was, there was. They really, and not just like, you know, in a lot of Japanese promotions and Joshi promotions, I'll, and especially with Stardom. The last time we talked about Stardom, I said this that sometimes they need to slow down. And I felt like this match, they did do that because there was an emphasis on submissions throughout this match. Even though a submission did not win the title, uh, it it was I I felt it was emphasized. Uh, both of these women really impressed me, um, and I was happy with the decision with going with Sayori Anao because throughout the year I've heard only good things. The matches I've seen of her, I've liked. Same with Mirai, but Mirai, I think, has held the title for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Sid? I think I really liked, you know, like you said, the fast pace. I think there was like a, a really good sequence of, like, you know, of, of covers there. That's something that I always like, and I think I see that a lot, uh, very prevalent in a lot of these stardom shows with some of these matches. Um, it's just really cool to see it, you know, just, you know, both both of these women really vying for that title. It just kind of brings up that intensity that much more. Um, you know, I, I know Sayori, I know obviously I know very little about her, but, um, you know, from seeing this match, like, it's she's she's good she's really good and i and i like her so we'll see what uh what this young lady has to offer like i can't i'm just so like the fact that all these women are younger than both of us is that that just boggles my mind the Um, only one who's older than me is nanae takanishi takahashi yeah takanishi or yeah Nane um, Takahashi, she's, yeah, she co-founder, the lady who co-founded Stardom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, her. So, um, after the match, Sayori wanted a handshake. Mirai acknowledged it, but didn't shake it. Like, she was like, I understand, but I'm not happy with myself. She acknowledged it. She's um, not, he's not, the, that's not the tribal chief for you to acknowledge. Just shake the fucking oh, hand. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, uh, I made a Tribal Chief reference the other night during World's End. Nice. Um, so the main event was between Micah and Suzu Suzuki. Yes. And they Stardom has done a really good job this year of building this feud. Um, we saw it in the Five Star Grand Prix. We, I believe we saw it on another Queendom show. Um they have great chemistry. Suzu is younger than Micah. Micah has been around since Donna Del Mondo formed. And everyone has kind of been dying for a Micah title run because, you know, she was in the tag division with Hameka. Hameka left. She's had three or four opportunities at the title and came very close. And uh, Suzu is like a prodigy. At, at her age uh, I don't remember the age she is but she's very young mm-hmm. I remember that yeah um but this match 
you said in the last match, seeing the two women vie for the title so strongly, I feel like that statement applies to this match like 20-fold. Um, it started off really hot. They threw each other into the crowd like three or four times. They did. Uh, that was... Micah something. tried to powerbomb uh, Suzu off the apron through a table, but it turned into a Hurricane Rana. Uh, Suzu went all the way up like three or four flights of stairs for a running head start to like knee Micah in the head who was hang draped over the apron. Um, these two like beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and after two very strong looking Michinoku drivers, uh, Micah ended up winning. Um, it's also should be noted that during the show, Tam Nakano came out, talked about how she felt terrible that she had to relinquish the titles and that she couldn't be performing. And I think she even thought of uh, retiring, but she will be coming back. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, in the first match, Donna Del Mondo did really well. I was very impressed with Tecla. Very impressed. Um, but yeah, uh, your thoughts on this match, Sid? I'll be honest, like I kind of I missed like a little bit in the middle of the match, but uh, whatever I saw, like you know, definitely was awesome. You know, um, Suzuki is. I mean, th these women are just really good. I I don't. I'm sorry I make such broad statements, but like, yeah, I think that this one, um, I think I should have paid attention a little bit more. But whatever I saw was was good. That's all I can really say. And I know that's not very, like, very much like oh, analytical. So but <laughs> if you're if you're also said you make those broad statements because you're not as in tuned with the promotion as I. No, I'm not. So yeah. when you're watching. You're not watching with an analytical eye. You're watching as a like a first or second time yeah, viewer. Yeah, I'm trying to still like get into start. Well, I've enjoyed what I've seen of Stardom, but I'm still trying to like be more like get deeper into it. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. And if any of you feel the same way, John and I did an episode of Why You Should Be Watching, and we had Michael Jargo on, who does his own podcast on New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom, talking about the said promotion. Um, so you can go in the archives and check that out. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I enjoyed the show, and I I didn't think I wasn't going to enjoy the show. I never think that I'm going to not enjoy a stardom show. Now, all Japan, I couldn't sleep. Uh, I couldn't sleep one night, and oh, it was World's End night. I came home. Uh, I was still all jazzed up, and then I was was looking on fight, and this show was on. I didn't even know All Japan Pro Wrestling was starting a, a deal with uh, Triller. And I was like, oh, shit. What's this? So I put it on, 
And luckily, I had tuned in just in time for the main event with uh, Kento Miyahara uh, challenging for the Triple Crown title against one of my favorite wrestlers, Katsuhiko Nakajima. And so I watched the main event first, just like I did with Stardom, and then I went backward. Um, the show... So, the show started with a six-man match that featured Naruki Doi and Minoru Tanaka on one side and the Astronauts on the other, who is Takuya Nomura and Fuminari Abe. Now, we talked, uh, we did a whole episode on a match between Fuminari Abe and Takuya Nomura. And we spoke about how they've been the tag champions and BJW and everything like that. I went on Cage Match and seen how All Japan books them. And it was no different in this match. And it upset me. I don't know why All Japan isn't as strongly into them as I am. Uh, maybe it's because they work other promotions, but this show, which was a big show for all Japan had workers from all over. There were, uh, I know that L Lindemann and T Hawk and some other guys, you know, they do a lot of Gleet stuff. Um, and you had a tag match here with Yuki U Ueno and toy, uh, from, DDT against Rising Hayato and Atsuki Aoyagi, which was fucking awesome. You had uh, Kurashiro Tokyo Japan. I'm just gonna call him Ikuman Jiro. Uh, he was in a tag match. Um, WWE Mark, God damn it. <laughs> he was against somebody of no. Yeah, yeah, T Hawk, and. Um, he did the fucking entrance thing again, and I'm just thinking, does he only do this on big shows, or does he do this on every show? Like, he did the entire thing. Like, he went back and did it again. Okay. And I'm just like, oh my fucking god. Like, it's hilarious. It's so polarizing to me, because while I'm watching it, and while I watched it in the DDT show, I was laughing, and then I would get pissed, and then I'd laugh, and then I'd get pissed. Like, it was just it's really, it's really weird. Um, yeah, I liked the semi-main event. Suzuki teamed with uh, old Suzuki Goon member Davy Boyd Smith Jr. and uh, Hakuto Omari, who I was very impressed with during the uh, All Together Again shows. Um, and it seems like All Japan's really going in on him. He's a former MMA fighter and he had like a winning like a winning career. Um but uh you had the Saito brothers who are I believe are the tag team champions facing each other for rookie of the year and the one who didn't look like a monster won. Um really really like Rising Hayato and Atsuki Aoyagi. Um Rising Hayato reminds me of it's like if Jeff Hardy wasn't born in North Carolina but was raised in Japan at this time. Like he's a little 
he's I get very big charismatic enigma vibes but also kind of like a newer sense of it um really dig really dig that guy um but the main event holy shit it is not hard to figure out why Katsuhiko Nakajima decided to leave Noah for all Japan pro wrestling um because this is how you book the motherfucker this dude okay i've watched i've been watching noah on and off since the pandemic started and as soon as i turned on noah i was already impressed with nakajima in the first match i seen him then he won two and ones and him and shiozaki had battles him and keno had battles etc but it never felt like Noah was ever going to go away from Shiozaki. And I'm sure Kaito Kiyomiya feels that way too. Um, Nakajima came into All Japan only a month or two ago, beat Yuma Aoyogi for the title, and started fucking with Kento. Because Kento is the ace of All Japan Pro Wrestling, and they had a banger of a match in Noah earlier this year. This match was no exception. If you dis- if you have not watched any wrestling from this past weekend and you're only going to watch one match, watch this match because it fucking ruled. Miyahara came off as, as the ace, as the respected one, as the loved one. Nakajima came off as the badass that he is. And it went down to the wire and Nakajima fucking one by the skin of his teeth for sure yeah Yeah. he didn't win with the kicks he didn't win with the spike um brain buster he won with a kind of like a fujiwara armbar that becky lynch does but it was higher angled and he was working on the fingers and that shit was awesome to me now during the match and after the match there was an older gentleman and i did not do any research i don't know who he is but he had to be somebody important yeah and to to send the crowd home this old man had a red um scarf how around his neck like inoki and then nakajima had it and then he said, one, two, three, da, to send home the crowd, which is what Anoki used to do. And this is crazy because it's happening in an all-Japan ring. And if you don't know your hero history, Ricky Dozon, students, Giant Baba, Antonio Anoki, break off, Anoki started New Japan, Baba started All Japan. So it was pretty crazy to see. Um, you watched this match, correct? Yeah, I did. I did. I like I said, I was it was pretty fucking brutal, and like you said, it went down to the to the wire. Uh, both me, both these guys just kind of laid it out in the ring, and absolutely just you know had like the 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 passion and the and, and the the intensity again was there so freaking hard. Um, like I said, Nakajima. Uh, retained his title through the skin of his teeth. And it was just so great to see. 
Now I got I do have to ask you since you know the other the his opponent is known as the ace of all of Japan. Have he and Tanahashi had a match ever? They either wrestled against each other in a multi-man tag at all together again, or they were on the same team. Okay, I don't remember. so they never had a one-on-one. And in the main event, yeah. Um, but whenever he was having his big run in All Japan, people were comparing him more to Okada. Oh, okay. um, let's see here. There's something overlapping. Charlie Dempsey... Uh, also known as Billy Regal's son. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was on the show, and he won his match, which was a tag match. And he is wrestling Nakajima for the title on the 6th of January. And he Um, is currently signed to NXT. So Now, now, here's a couple of things. There was reports of... WWE wanting to work with All Japan and Stardom and I think Noah. And then there were reports that a like all of the promotions that really matter in Japan were like coming together and and not just for a show but like for a like a coalition or an alliance. So I don't understand what's really happening and what that's for like because okay people have been talking about nxt japan since forever and right. they're still talking about it okay but this and, is yeah go ahead and japan has been a place where wwe hasn't been able to penetrate and but they Oz. have had talent exchanges in the past right like nakamura now, and Balor and all these guys. No, I mean in the old days, man. Oh, back like, then. There was a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of crossover. They even yeah, like, had yeah. a wrestling summit with WWF, All Japan, and New Japan. Yeah, they I mean like Taka I know Taka Michinoku wrestled a handful of matches in, in, in WWE. He was signed. He was oh okay. I thought he was like he was with a light the... heavyweight champion. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. And then he became a member of Tai and Tai. But um, anyway, um, we're talking about what we want to see in the future at the end of this show. I cannot, I can't watch, w, I will not allow myself to watch WWE until the old man is completely gone. And we saw Endeavor, themselves to Endeavor, and with all of the sex scandals, of the past year, year and a half with McMahon, he sold 30% of his shares because supposedly Endeavor sees him as a liability, which they should. If if the old man steps down and Triple H takes over and Endeavor takes over, I'll be on board again. And if what I want to see and, I, and it's with Charlie Dempsey, but it's more just NXT in general. And maybe some underdeveloped talent on the main roster. I would not mind WWE adopting the excursion um, method. Uh, seeing Charlie Dempsey in All Japan against these guys and knowing that he's going to face Nakajima, I'm excited about it. 
I think it's cool. And I I would like to see that happen. Um, instead mm-hmm. of WWE going into an area like the UK, raping the entire scene and then leaving, yeah, this would be a better would be a better way. Well, Vince WWE. literally, and then WWE figuratively, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that's that's the only thing about the Fed that I want to see happen in 2024. But oh, uh, we're getting into that. We get I thought we were gonna. Okay. No, no. Before we, I, I had to bring it up because Charlie Dempsey was on this show. Okay. So I didn't really know how to navigate all the way over world's end so aw world's end happened, yeah and we were deciding whether we were going to do a show or not and sid said i thought it was pretty meh so i don't think we should do it and i said i thought it was the absolute shits aside from two matches and i think that's exactly why we should do it because if you listen to us, if you watch us, you know that a lot of our grades for whole shows are usually between B and A. And that's not what this is going to be. <laughs> yeah. It, um, yeah, it, it, it was something. Now, let's put it that way. It was something. Kudos Tony Khan for putting on three women's matches. Yeah. If you include Zero Hour. Yeah. Um... I'm not going to talk much about Zero Hour. We're just going to talk about the main show. That's fine. That's um, fine. Yeah. Started off with an eight-man tag of all the guys from Continental Classic who didn't have anything to do that night, a.k.a. not the two finalists and Swerve. Um, this was a good match. Uh, they did the New Japan thing, you know? Uh, just throw them all together after the big show where the final is. And um, Brody King made Matt Menard a tiny, tiny boy. Um, He got in his face with Daniel Garcia and he said, sit your ass down, bitch. You're not going to do shit. And then after the match, after Garcia won the match off of Brody King, he left he went out and clocked Menard, um, which is interesting. But this match was actually worth watching. It was good. Um, it was good. But, but at the same time, it didn't matter. And throughout this show, until you got to Edge, Adam Copeland against it's, Christian Hey, it's Cage, okay. It's going to take some time. So. None of the matches mattered and the yeah. long island crowd let you know uh <laughs> they were waiting for their boy we, they were waiting for their boy that's why i mean we got dustin filling in for keith lee who was injured against swerve shouldn't have happened shouldn't have happened at all yeah. if keith lee was injured you could have gave swerve promo time or whatever well here's the thing like I will, okay. Nobody wants to see Dustin Rhodes wrestle in 2023-2024. The man is so washed, he's bleached. He yeah, and he needs to just go and 
work on his wrestling school. That's what he needs to do. Yeah. But I'll yeah. say this. I, I, yeah, go ahead. I say, I'll just say, like, one good thing to come out of this was, like... Because, like, at, after the pay-per-view was over, they did have, like, these kind of, like, raw kind of interviews on YouTube, which was pretty cool. They had it with Swerve. They had it with Daniel Garcia. They had it with uh, Eddie Kingston. We'll talk about that in a sec. But literally, Swerve... And I don't think he was just talking kayfabe, but he's literally like, I'm not going to waste my, I'm not wasting my time anymore. He literally legit said this match right here was a waste of my time. Dustin Rose wasted my fucking time. And I am, I have my goals for 2024 to be the first ever black AEW world champion. And all I can say is I am ready to swerve when I drive. So... I swear to God, Swerve has been campaigning that all year round, and I'm ready for it. Um, I'll get into that more when we talk about the world title match. But um, So the booking of this match upset me. So before the bell, Swerve stomps Dustin's leg through or whatever with a cinder block. It takes like eight guys to get Dustin back on his feet. Somehow Dustin gets in the ring. Somehow Dustin gets to his feet. Swerve attacks him right away. Boom. Should have been over. Kept going. Somehow, somehow Dustin Rhodes is pulling off his power slams and this and that and everything else. No selling that leg. Now, I'm not a big stickler on that kind of shit. But, given that we didn't get Lee and Swerve, which kind of, I feel, is a blessing in disguise. And we had to get Dustin. And then given what had just happened to Dustin, this match should not have been as long as it was. Should just I know that we're out of order because this was like the third or fourth match, but Yeah, I think the first um, match the first match was Miro versus Andrade, which is kind of disappointing because I like both, both these guys. But both of them fucking phoned it in. They did. Andrade finally given something good with the Continental Classic and he's deciding to leave, which is fucking annoying to me. Miro, in my opinion, gets in his own way because he only does things he wants to do and he won't do business otherwise. And who the fuck, who in the fuck wants to see CJ Perry turning on Andrade to go to help Miro. The only thing that was interesting about this match was the dynamic between CJ and Miro, right? That's the whole reason this match even happened. Pretty much, yeah. So now now that whole story is done. So what? So what the... It was lukewarm. It was lukewarm at best. And honestly, dude, the crowd was flat for most of the evening, which took me out of it. 
Tony Storm and Riho happened, and I was making my dinner at the time. And I didn't go Bro, back and watch it. I was... Tony Storm won, and I don't give a fuck. Speaking of which... I mean, I'm happy that she won. I knew she was going to win, but the Bro. match didn't matter. The difference between the three matches that mattered and all the rest is that the three matches, the three main events have been being been built. And this is the fucking problem with AEW right now. Oh, wow. There's a problem with AEW. Wow, we're actually talking about stuff that AEW needs to improve. I don't, I don't know if it's Tony Khan's fault. I don't know if it's Warner's fault. Maybe Warner wanted them to keep chugging out pay-per-views. But yeah, we're maybe. starting to feel the effects how we started to feel with WWE with oversaturation. You go from four pay-per-views that are must absolutely see to I don't even know how many we had this year. I think it's but like we had eight or nine. the addition of All In, we had Wrestle Dream, we had uh this I don't know, but it's starting to feel Forbidden Door oversaturated. Pushed pushed like like Julia Hart and Abaddon could have been great. Same with Tony Storm and Riho. Same with you know, most of the matches on the mid and undercard. Miro and Andrade could have been great. For any of us to give a fuck about. And that that's the, me... that was the problem with WWE. And so they started doing the whole 50-50 booking shit after that. And it's Yeah. It's no good. Let me tell you this. You were talking <laughs> about how you how you were making dinner. I took it one step further. My family and I went out for dinner. <laughs> I was like, bro, what the fuck is this? I, I saw the Miro Andrade match and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, hey, so uh, are we ready ready for dinner? They're like, yeah, let's go. Oh, okay, let's go. So I think I came back actually when uh, Copeland versus Christian Cage was going on. So. Which is when anyone who was going to watch this show should have started. Pretty much. Uh, and I have and I have gripes with that match too. So yes. on the uh, on the uh, pre-show, Luchasaurus, who hasn't been seen with Christian Cage in the past couple of weeks, won the battle royal for the next in line. Anywhere, anytime, any place. TNT title, aka title. Money in the Bank, right? aka Money in the Bank, Money in the Bank for the TNT title, pretty much. You had uh, botched spots, um, especially with the flaming table. Um, oh yeah. But all in all, the original match was good and exciting. I was half expecting. I was half expecting, because uh, Shayna Wayne is on uh, uh, Christian Cage's side now. Which, by the way, understandable. Edge fucking murdered her son. But no. Um, right. And I was half expecting f- freaking Beth Copeland to come out and beat the shit out of her. <laughs> that would. I been... was waiting for that too, and it didn't happen. That would have been great. Um, I would have loved it, honestly. Adam overcame the odds and won. Yeah. And that's awesome. And then, Luch- and then Luchasaurus comes out. 
And here's the mistake, Sid. Exactly. And I'm sure you were thinking it, and everyone was, else was thinking it. Yeah. Is this Luchasaurus finally lets his balls drop, gets out of Cage's shadow, wins the title for himself, and walks away? Nope. Cage gets in his ear, says some shit. Luchasaurus is, you know, struggling. And he hands it over to Cage. Oh, I mean, Cage it... right hands it over to Turner, and Cage gets the belt right back. You gonna just so... have Cage win the fucking match? <laughs> it was so anticlimactic. It was. It's it was stupid. So it's stupid. I, I was like, dude. You either have Edge win, you either have Christian win, or you have Luchasaurus win. You don't have Luchasaurus give him the fucking thing and have him win the title back because. Now the story has to be dead. And now they have to figure out something for Adam. Because if uh, Adam won, you would have Christian the heel trying to get the title back. Yeah. I don't I want think, to see yeah. Adam going back after Christian. Because this is bad decision making, in my opinion. I don't know what happened. Uh, what, what's up with Tony? I don't know. I don't know what Tony was thinking. I, th- I, I legitimately feel... Like this is, you know, let you, you know, going back to the whole point of like oversaturation, I do feel like this is Tony Khan experiencing burnout, and now he's just like, all right, I'm gonna, and I feel like he's starting to kind of run on fumes this year. So, at least, at least 2023, he was like, at least for this pay per view, I feel like he was running on fumes. So, it just was, yeah, yeah, but. I mean, yeah, like you said, the match was wasn't bad. Like, yeah, except for that fire table spot, match was okay. And but you had this freaking I'm sorry to say, it, but this WWE kind of bullshit happening. And I, I I don't know why you need that. Why do you even need a whole like money in the bank type of concept for the TNT title? That's isn't that like your Secondary title? It would have worked if Luchasaurus broke off. Exactly. And I get it. The title's back on Christian. Christian, I've been saying all year, has been doing the Lord. But I do not want to see this feud continue. Uh, I want to see. At this point... Copeland can go for this one. Not mine, but for Orange Cassidy's. I would yeah. love to see that. I guess give him something fresh. Uh, Let him stay away from Christian Cage for the foreseeable future. You want to re- revisit that back down the line? Fine, but not immediately, please. You know? Uh, the Darby Allen, uh, Jericho Guevara, all that match. Honestly, Jess and I were watching, and we were like... I was... We'd rather see Takeshita face Darby, or Takeshita face Sammy. That would be good. uh, Yeah, like... Fletcher versus Sammy would have been great, too. And I'm not... And guess what, Internet? I'm not going to talk about uh, allegations on the Internet about someone. Yeah. Uh, It's not going to happen. No, because... I'm not like you. I don't crucify people. Uh, I don't not forgive people. And I don't make uh, conclusions without evidence. Yeah. So, fuck 
UIWC. Isn't IWC also a Who gave you the moral high ground? You're just an asshole with an opinion and a computer. Yeah. Anyway. Isn't IWC also and a... In no, in no way am I, am I defending anyone who may or may not be guilty. I'm just saying, you don't know shit. I don't know shit. So shut the fuck up. Moving on. Isn't IWC a root beer as well? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I like that IWC. Anyway. And it's a wrestling promotion in Pittsburgh that's streamed on Triller. Oh, dope. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway. Um, we had the final, the finals of the Continental Classic. Mox Fucking versus. awesome. That was really good. Really good match. Yeah. And, you know. This was a yeah. tournament from the beginning. Eddie had a three. This is... Eddie had three years of straight losses. And we all were saying he's the people's champion. When's he going to win? When's he going to win? And finally, 2023 was the year of redemption for Eddie Kingston. He overcame every guy who beat him, everybody who called him a bum. And, of course, his final boss for all the marbles was his friend who he lost to for the AW world title. John Moxley. They brought it. It was fantastic. Yeah. The right man won. Danielson on commentary was pretty good too. Although there was a missed opportunity for Danielson and Nigel McGinnis to interact on commentary. But fine, whatever. It would have made for more... That fucking clam digger. Can anyone... There's another thing. If you watch this on YouTube, leave a comment. Uh, if if you are on Twitter, uh, whatever. What the fuck um, was that? That was hilarious. <laughs> I don't know. You just sent up balloons, bro. I um, was... <laughs> happy birthday! Happy New Year! <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, please tell me what a clam digger is and why it is a negative thing. Because yeah, I, I don't know. I've been asking people and they don't know. It is a um, British thing. Speaking of world of titles that I would like to own, aside from the winged eagle, that triple I really crown like title, that continental, that continental uh, belt is fucking awesome. It, it looks good. And when it had, when it was unveiled with the crown, I said, "What's the king without a crown, huh? What's the king without a crown, huh?" Big crit, love Big him. Crit. Um, but uh. Just a feel good moment after a really good match. And yep. then they embraced we had afterwards, the... which is good. Yes, yes, which should have happened. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's nothing bad to say about this match. Yeah. Um, and I a would also hit. say that about the next match. A lot of people didn't think Joe would do it, could do it. A lot of people thought the MJF run was still going to go on. I didn't think so. Yeah, I didn't think so. And the reason why is because solely, and, and, and let's say Max isn't injured. He is. He is, yeah. But let's say he wasn't. Let's say, you know, for all intents and purposes, Max is completely fine. I still would have expected Joe to win. Why? Because the man single-handedly saved 
AEW's biggest event ever. When everything was going off the rails before the show even started, Samoa Joe got that shit under control. He did what a consummate professional, a man would do. And then he set the tone for that locker room for the rest of the night. He That ship was about to, dr- to sink, and he single-handedly pulled it back up and put it on the right uh, track, whatever. And, uh, stream, let's say stream, right? Because of sailing. Right. Um, I thought that that was going to happen. He also said he was going to take everything away from him. Previously in the week, the ROH Tag Team Championships were taken away from him, in part due to Samoa Joe. I knew it was cool. And the only thing that I didn't know was the fourth henchman being Wardlow. I thought maybe they were good. Kyle was ready to come back. Um, Now, see, that that WWE shit worked for me. The end of this match. Um, But I liked how this match ended. Um, Throughout the match, you know, Cole was a good guy, good friend. He didn't fuck up. Well, a little and bit like... because when he asked for when uh, MJF asked for the ring, Cole was like patting Worst his palm. Best man ever. Yeah, yeah. Patty, I, I, and that was definitely. I mean, from after what we saw in the end, that for sure was deliberate because Samoa Joe had the time to get up and put him in that coquina clutch and shit. So, you know, and he just like, and it just happened. You know, he put him in the thing and then it was over and it was like, oh, shit, really? Like, yeah, like there wasn't like, like with the match with Jay White, there wasn't all this back and forth, like goofy bullshit. It was just like Joe fucking killed him. Right. And then um, how did we get? Was it the devil? The devil stuff. Yeah, yeah. So Cole gets in the ring and consoles yeah. MJF and Devil henchmen come out. Henchmen come out, the lights go out because Cole can't move his legs real well. And that's when I said the tribal chief thing. Because with this chair, yeah. I said, Is the tribal chief going to make Sami Zayn hit hit his friend? <laughs> because he was like, like yeah. is he gonna give it to Adam Cole? And, and and then when the lights came on, Adam was sitting in the chair and, uh, you know, MJF was betrayed. Um, now, we know why Strong and the Kingdom and Wardlow hate MJF. Why? I want to hear from Adam Cole. I want to hear what that man has to say. Yeah, I think that's definitely some intrigue right there. I think that's like... The most interesting thing about this pay-per-view was obviously the reveal of the devil, as it should have been. Now, I'll tell you this. A lot of people were complaining that it was predictable. Oh, it was Cole. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me finish. Uh, it was predictable. Oh, it's Cole. Oh, you know, it should have been this guy. It's like, if it, even though it's predictable, so what? Predictable? Predictable? 
For months, those motherfuckers yeah. were guessing who it was. They were saying CM Punk, Will Ospreay. Uh, Will Ospreay, what guy, the fuck? Brett Baker. They said all kinds of shit. What are they talking about predictability? Because the same people who were saying that after it was revealed are the same motherfuckers for months who were throwing out names out of a hat. Or out of their ass. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, get out of get out of here with that predictability shit, bro. Nah, I ain't listening to that. Adam Cole but, was perfect, I think. I don't think that anyone else would have made sense. Well, a couple of people may have made sense, but no, Adam Cole. Another reason why I thought Joe was going to win is because Swerve is campaigning to be the first black champion. Yeah. I don't buy Swerve beating MJF. I can buy Swerve beating Samoa Joe because Samoa Joe is older and like they're not the same age and Swerve can bring something different with Swerve and MJF. I don't think having babyface MJF big run lose to Swerve. I, I, I don't see that, Yeah, but I can see and buy Swerve beating Joe. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to grade this show. C means average, right? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it a D plus. D plus, yeah. I'm I'm gonna say probably the same, you know, just uh, just except for the last like three matches. Well. Honestly, the last two matches, the, the the only two matches that we liked were, you know, which were the Continental Classic final and the main event. And yeah, maybe that first eight-man tag, if it goes anywhere, because like Daniel Garcia did get the get the W, if that is... The second W on Brody. Exactly. So if that does, you know, uh, what is the word? If that does lead... To what is all this shit? What is all this shit? Oh god, yeah, my freaking I don't know. I think it's a Discord or OBS. I don't know what it is, but if that does constitute in Daniel Garcia eventually, you know, getting a big push, going for something, going for the TNT or this one, the international title, I'm all for it. Or go for Eddie. I don't care. Something. Not, not here's a question. Yeah. Here's a question. Garcia won begrudgingly won the respect of Shibata. Brian Danielson oh. after the match. Yeah. What if he looks back and sees how Menard was bitched out by Brody King, doesn't get mad, and instead of staying with Angelo and Menard, goes the BCC. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think he should. Honestly, I would like to see him venture out on his own. Like, he, I don't think he wants shit. Like, he came in with Menard and Ange, but I think he can just—he's just fine by himself. Be, let him become like Red Death one more time, and let him have that whole run. Um, I think yeah. honestly, even the whole part—I feel like the partnership between 2.0 was also slowly deteriorating because. Ange is wanting to spend more time with Ruby Soho, 
And, you know, even the whole outcast thing is also kind of, you know, uh, I don't want to say lost its way, but definitely run out of gas. So, I mean, it's time for Soraya to do something new. Obviously, it looks like Ange. Yeah. Uh, it looks like she's recruited QTV standout uh, Harley, right? Harley, Harley something. Harley Cameron. Harley Cameron. Harley. Cameron. Oh, she has. Okay, I, I didn't see that. And I should remember her name because I really think she's special. Like, her rap was fantastic. Her character was great. Um, but she got she got time. She got time. So. There's no. I have nothing against the workers on this show. I have nothing against the matches. But there was Booking. no reason to give a shit about most of them. True, and that that's and and it, that's it very was, it was in the arena, and it was and it came across the screen as well. Yeah, and but the, and the the worst part is it's very like out of you know uh, that's not usually AEW's mo. Usually, when I do see pay per views. It's always like, you know, there's a reason for every single match. So, I mean, I don't know what went wrong here. Um, like you said, it could have been Tony running on, like like I said, it could have been Tony running on fumes. Or like you said, it could be Warner. Whatever yeah. the case may be, like, they, they need to fix this, you know. Because going into Indeed. the new year, they need to, you know, they, not, there's got to be some sort of changes. Like Tony Khan, I do feel like Tony Khan is you know thinking as you know as a, as more of like a wrestling fan than he is as a businessman a lot of times i feel you know especially when it, especially with everything to do with cm punk like cm punk was like his shiny new toy and he didn't want it to and he saw that it was breaking but he was trying to do he was he was trying to you know put the proverbial super glue on it to fix it but it just kept breaking so he finally had to throw it in the trash where it belonged so, you know, but he has to be willing to make hard decisions. I think he's afraid to do that. But that's why he recruited Brian Danielson to, you know, say, hey, look, dude, like this, he's got to go. You know, and that's right. apparently Danielson and Punk were actually good friends. But they probably still are. Uh, it's business. I mean, I hope. <laughs> Either way. Um, so, AEW World's End gets a D-plus from Armbar Audio. Sad. Now, looking to the future, Cedric. Yes, Tim C. What do you want to see in 2024? I want WWE, AEW Invasion. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. Maybe, okay, well, maybe an ROH... I want to see an AEW ROH paper. Well, I would say that, but then there's already a shit ton of pay per view, so fuck that. Um, and basically, yeah. every AEW and ROH pay per view is an AEW and ROH pay per view. Basically, I want to see a if we're on AEW, if we're gonna go with AEW first. Yeah, I have three things mainly. Number one. Complete brand splits. Get rid of Rampage. Have only Dynamite, and Collision, Collision, and put put ROH 
on TV, right? Please. And all three are different and have different rosters. Then you, the other thing is, Malachi Black has not had a singles match, I think, in over a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I, know, the last one. I do not know why, but it is making a lot of noise on the internet. And I agree with these people. Malachi Black. I love Brody King. There were three members of BCC in the Continental Classic. There's no reason why Malachi Black couldn't have been in that in that in that tournament. They're they're missing opportunities, big time, with having this man in the tag scene, uh, in the trio scene. Come on, come on! You got to do something. Give me something, man. You got. He's got so many toys to play with. Think about Danielson. Think about fucking Claudio. Think about Moxley. Think about Takeshita. Think about all of these people, Darby. man. Darby. 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 Ibushi. This guy. Shibata. Yeah. This motherfucker. Fuck. Samoa Joe. Oh yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the last, yeah, the last singles match that he had was with Cody Rhodes, and nothing against Cody Rhodes, but that's just not enough, you know. Speaking of, well, I'll, here's another. I'll get into Cody Rhodes. My third but. and final thing about AW: if an ex WWE guy doesn't want to be there anymore. Or is not go. willing to do business, let them go. If an ex WWE star um, wants to come over, have a solid screening process. I don't want to watch people half-ass their work. Yeah. Well, in that sense, for me, I think I definitely want to see. Um, a push. Okay, hold on. What's up? No, oh, go ahead. I have one more thing about AEW, but you go ahead. You already started talking. I, I just want to see a little. I mean, and I think we're starting to see it. And also, Tony Khan mentioned that he is, you know, definitely going to be very active in the free agent kind of thing. And I think, kind of to your point, what I want to see is Tony Khan not become Vince McMahon in that he wants to gather up all the shiny new toys so that the other people other kids don't get to play. Like you said, right. if if for example, I know one of the hottest prospects is Mercedes Monet. She did apparently have talks with returning to WWE which did uh which didn't uh go over. Obviously, you know, that if she wants to she can doesn't have to just go to AEW. She could go to Impact. She could go back to stardom. She can do. She can go to New Japan and that women's division. She can do a lot of different things. Let her do that, like you said, if she wants to. Don't force her into AEW. If she don't want to play, just don't worry about it. You know. It's another thing. Outside of Forbidden Door and maybe Wembley, I want AEW. To be 
exclusive. I, for the beginning, for the first four years, having all that crossover was great. But you need to start becoming a little bit more exclusive. I don't, I'm starting not to like it. And I also don't like how AEW treats New Japan. Yeah. Uh, And I think a lot of New Japans feel that way. Uh, Yeah, we know one in particular. (laughs) I I muted that person. Oh, that's right. You said that. I don't see their shit anymore. I probably I only see their if I look for it. But um, not that there's matches I want to see or the whatever. It's about like solidifying your own personality and your own we need to get away from so much crossover like if moxley shows up at wrestling revolver or whatever it doesn't matter cool i mean like uh, like danielson versus okada we're gonna get it at wrestle kingdom which is great that doesn't mean that all the news we need to see as I mentioned in in jest, we need to see a fucking New Japan invasion on, on AEW, or vice versa. Right. Just, you know. And, and another thing is like I understand Abushi's a, well, a certain type of cat, but if other people like I think maybe Bandito has a similar type of contract, maybe Ray Phoenix too. I don't. I'm know. I'm thinking Santana does. Mike no. Santana. And no more, no more of this shit, dude. I I don't want to not see Bandito forever because he decided to go back to Mexico. Same with Phoenix or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Impact. if you're gonna yeah. lock them talent, lock them fucking in. Uh, that's like, it's just I'm I'm over it. I'm over that. Um, so yeah. That's that's, those are the things I do and don't want to see from AEW this year. Uh, New Japan, I, I really like where they're going. I'm excited for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I know this is gonna be hard for, for me to say. But I want to see Sonata retain against Naito. I don't care if he didn't get to do the L.I.J. roll call before. Because I think just five guys is awesome. And... The fries are pretty good. I, I, think, House, I think House of Torture is actually on a... I never thought I'd say this, but like, they're actually all right now. And why? Why is David it so hard for you to say all these things? Just say it. Because he's not. Because because I love Naito, and because I've been vehemently against House of Torture, but I really like, I really like what's happening right okay. now over there. Um, but like, what I do want to see is. I want to see Ocon get a singles title at some point in 24. I want to see Aaron Hanare 
hold the badass motherfucker title, aka the never title. I want to see um, Jeff Cobb rise up as the leader of the United Empire in Japan, as Will Ospreay and Aussie Open are in AEW. Um, that's another thing. When Will Ospreay comes to AEW, I want a feud right away with Don Callis and maybe make it uh, a subplot of what's Kyle Fletcher going to do, side with Osprey or side with blah, 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 Don Callis. And then maybe Mark Davis is ready to come back and he sides with Osprey and he's like, Kyle, what the fuck? Why aren't you over here? That that story completely needs to happen. Yeah. Um, I like how a lot of Japanese promotions, including New Japan, have opened up their forbidden doors, and I want to see more of it. Um, I want to see Dardom I know I just said I want to see exclusivity, but I wouldn't mind seeing Stardom show up a bit. You have Serena Deeb coming back. Yeah. There's the possibility of Mercedes being signed. Jamie Hayter's coming back yep. sometime in 2024. And right now, the women's division in AEW is looking pretty fucking strong. I think I think it would be I think it would be beneficial um to both. Um and also, like I said, instead of getting rid of Rampage and replacing it with ROH, if they can't do that, make Rampage an all women's wrestling show. Mm. You'll probably get the same amount of viewers. Interesting. That could work. I um let's see. Uh yeah. Uh, I want to see Adam Priest, Alex Hammerstone, Richard Holiday, and uh, uh, Jacob Fatu, and uh, fucking Alex Kane get contracts in either Impact or AEW or Japanese promotion. Just not WWE. Guys. Uh, <laughs> I don't want them to not WWE and um, I'm not counting MLW because MLW is a weird smorgasbord of wrestlers um, because a lot of them are there already but they are also like in GCW it kind of it feels like Court Bauer of MLW grabbed a bunch of GCW and XGCW guys and was like I'm going to present you this way while Brett presents you that way, okay? And then Brett was like, yeah, that's fine. And But, I mean, I like MLW. I just, I feel these guys should be... Same with Kevin Blackwood. I'd like to see Kevin Blackwood. Uh... And, and, and also the guys that uh, AEW has featured a lot. Uh, I'd like to see Brian Keith, Jack Cartwright, Starboard Charlie, Titus, Alexander... 
there's 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 a good crop of independent talents that I would like to see on uh, a bigger platform. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what TNA has up their sleeve uh, this year. Um, I saw it was announced there's a tag title match at Hard to Kill and Grizzled Young Vets are on it. And I don't mm-hmm. know if Grizzled Young Vets are signed to Impact, but they should be because there's that match I watched between them and the Rascals. That was good. Who worked for Impact or TNA. That shit ruled. That was good. Um, kind of want to yeah. see, uh, you know, it doesn't Yuka have to Sakazaki. Okay, great. Now, uh, <laughs> just kidding. No, she, she graduated last month from Tokyo Joshi Pro. Oh. So she should be coming to AEW full-time. She should. That would be so great. So I'm excited to see what happens there. She should, yeah. I think um, I would love to see something like, you know, you talked about Impact, you talked about TNA. I know... We said we don't want to see too much of the whole cross promotion thing. It doesn't have to be like another like like a full uh, show, but I mean the working relationship that Impact and AEW had. I kind of want to see that a little bit more because what they did with when Kenny Omega was the belt collector, that was cool, and I want to see like a little bit more of something like you know them being able to work together a little bit better. Not so, okay, fine. Interrupt me. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. I have to. I have to. If you look, if you compare AEW with Impact and AEW with New Japan, and you compare that to Imp, to TNA slash Impact's working relationship with New Japan, TNA and New Japan partnership is so much better than the other two. And I don't know if that's because Tony Khan thinks he's the shit. I don't know if it's because AEW doesn't want to give leeway because you were saying that you liked Impact and AEW's uh, stuff. I didn't because outside of Kenny Omega, nobody else, nobody from TNA or Impact at the time was coming over onto AEW television and nobody else aside from Omega was going over to AEW. Christian Cage was for a little bit. Right. Yeah, because he beat... Uh, he Well, okay, fine. Because he beat Kenny for the Impact World title. So he went there and defended right. it. And I think there was even... Yeah, Matt Hardy and... Uh, what, are the, what is that tag team name again? Uh, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Private Cassidy. Party. Private Party. They, they were there for a little bit. They went there. Um, yeah, you're right. They went there, but there was... Like, I yeah, there was not Impact. Yeah. Show up in the, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's that's like true. it's like the same thing with New Japan. They bring in New Japan guys to lose to AEW into further along AEW storylines. The only one that didn't wasn't like that was Sonata and Jungle Boy, and I bet Okada and Danielson because even though Okada lost on AEW TV, I'm willing to bet he beats Danielson at the Dome. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's there. I definitely would love to see. You know, obviously they're gonna do the Continental Classic again this year sometime, but I want to see like more 
you know, people who are not as utilized in that tournament because, you know, people who are not chasing after the big world titles, you know, people like Garcia, people, fuck, people like fucking Miro give that would give him something to do, you know, and, and, and so many other talent like, well, not maybe not Swerve Strickland, Swerve. Just needs to be making a beeline for Samoa Joe at this point. That's that's all we need. I need I need that. Uh, twenty twenty four needs to end with Swerve as the AEW World Champion. It needs at least that. It needs to end with it, but it could start or be in the middle, wherever. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I like my t- main title range to be a little bit lengthy. Like for example. Hangman Page was too fucking short. So I really wanted MJF to take that off of uh Hangman instead of Punk. I get I get it, but also no. I I think it should have done that. But you know. I wanna see Tetsuya Endo beat Daisuke Sasuke because he lost to him again in the DDT tournament that's happening or just happened. I don't know. I think we're in the middle of it. I don't remember. Um, and I want to see the teased match that was going to happen but didn't happen because of the pandemic between Endo and Omega. Um, yeah, whenever Omega gets comes back, you know. Yeah, yeah. Speed of recovery, yeah. by the way, to Kenny. But um, I do want to see kind so of... Had, yeah. You had some Fed stuff. The main thing that I want to see, and I think this is something that everybody wants, Cody Rhodes, just finish your fucking story, dude. Just finish it. Unfortunately, though, I did see something. The Rock is back. Like I think, and he actually said a line. He he, uh, Jinder. So Jinder Mahal returned. I kind of saw a little bit of the segment, and you know this Jinder Mahal was the one who they fed the Rock to this time. Last time it was Austin Theory. Now it was Jinder Mahal, and then after that, the Rock said, uh, "You know, when I'm at a restaurant, should I sit at a booth or should I sit at the bar?" Or should I sit at the head of the table? And that was the promo. So, making it completely obvious, he's going for Roman. I mean, yeah, I get that that's like the money match. But dude, Cody Rhodes, the only reason he came back is so he can win that title. Just give it to him. Let him have it for a while. You want Dwayne to take it off of him? Fine. But let the man just have his damn belt. Just give the man his belt. Just for some time. I, I legitimately... And I, it's probably not going to happen this year. And maybe I'm in the minority. I really want to see Cody Rhodes return to AEW. I I just do. I think I, I would like to see it come. Because I actually... Unlike a lot of people, I do like Cody. I think he was fine. But... And I also like... And yeah... Definitely, he fits in very well in the Fed. But this, but you know, I think it would just be cool to have. Actually, matter of fact, he can parlay everything he did in the Fed 
back to AEW, come back as a bad guy, and then go from there and say, look, I have a new contract and I'm not, and now I'm coming for the world title. He can do that. But if it's Swerve, he's not winning. <laughs> if it's Swerve, keep, keep it on Swerve. Um, JF babyface, yeah. Cody heel. That too. As a matter of fact, I would love to see Swerve slowly turn face as well because I think more people are behind him, or at least be a tweener. I, tweener is. What I you think. Mean. I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I think it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, and if if he doesn't beat Samoa Joe and it's MJF, they'll probably do a double turn during the program or the match. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Um. Uh, Let's see what else. But yeah. What else? Shit, I want to see so many people leave WWE, but unfortunately nobody's contracts. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. For, I, I wish the fucking thing would just dissolve, and everyone just had to show up other places. That's not gonna happen. I know. That's not gonna happen. I mean, at this point, I'll only I mean, based the main person I want to see leave WWE is Nakamura. He probably won't yeah. for now. Although, I mean, I saw like his promos that he's doing; they're pretty good. But like, even when he turns, he like he turned heel, and he had apparently a good match with Seth Rollins, but he fucking lost. <laughs> so, I mean, what yeah. was the point of him turning heel? You know, if you if you're gonna have the man turn heel, at least have him win. But I don't know. The only Japanese, I, I think, in the words of uh, one YouTuber. The only Japanese person that got over was this one, this one freaking Samoan dude, aka Yokozuna, right? So, <laughs> yeah, um, that wasn't mine. Okay, I'm Oscar. Or Oscar. I mean, male. But yeah, I think Nakamura got over. Well, in NXT, sure, but not on the main roster. I think he got over on the main roster. It's just they don't see him as world title. Yeah, they, they watched all the wrong uh, clips of Nakamura in New Japan, apparently. So, anyway, um, I mean, I mean, the only reason I would ever see, oh, I, it's not obviously another thing that's not going to happen. AEW, WWE working partnership, never going to happen. Just like Marvel and DC working partnership, never going to happen. But should that ever happen, I mean... Kenny versus Nakamura. I think Marvel and DC did. They it did, but it In failed. It it did, but yeah. I'm talking about like they're never gonna do like movies together. But anyway, um, unless you do it through Lego, because Lego owns Marvel and DC, those IPs, they should do it. But anyway, that's that's oh sorry, wrong channel. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, I think yeah, like if that were to happen i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon but in 20 in 24 i think yeah like just a lot of people just need to leave wwe and go elsewhere it doesn't have to be aew you know what as a matter of fact although i will say one person i would love to see make a ww return uh just a one-off like at the royal rumble matt cardona i want to see him just in the rumble now he doesn't need to yeah. Yeah, have him come out with Steph Delander and all of his indie titles. That would be fucking dope. 
Yeah. If they can do it for Mickey James, they can do it for him. So. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to see TNA become a viable, strong, third Western promotion. I don't know if that means Anthem decides to take it off of their channel access and get it onto a different channel. Uh, Excuse me. That probably would would help um but yeah i want more more people to talk about impact because it's a really good show uh they have good wrestlers they have good programs with the wrestlers they have good vignettes uh, it's a good show mm. um but yeah i think that's about it yeah i'm i'm good too but um all right Wish you all a very happy new year, 2024. And you know it's gonna be great. I I certainly believe it. I'm not just saying that. I do truly believe it. And I hope everybody who you know everybody gets what they're wanting here. And I want uh, you know I, I put out a message on Instagram, but I will just say it here. I'll just say that I hope everyone who's you know wanting to do more, wanting to be more and you know, going through working on themselves last year. I hope you reap the rewards that you were working so hard towards this year. I have a New Year's resolution for Armbar Audio. Okay. In honor of John. Yeah. We're going to cover more GCW, and we are going to do the All fantasy right. card, GCW versus AEW in his memory. GCW uh, versus AEW. Right, let's do it. Um. Because when we were doing the Booker Man stuff, Chip did set up a show. I set up a show, and John was supposed to set up AEW versus GCW. So, uh, okay, yeah. Um, twenty twenty three had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and twenty twenty four is shaping up to be great. Uh, personally, yeah. and um. So, wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. And make this year count. Yep. Absolutely. Peace and love to all of you. Hey. I don't know. <laughs> all right.